that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and for the first time at this national hunt season and all the way through till the end we're delighted to say we're now joined uh, with our new sponsors at Fansbet. Do check them out um, for all your horse racing needs and other sports of course but delighted to have them on board. You'll hear a lot more from Fansbet as we go through the national hunt season so welcome aboard chaps. Thank you very much for getting involved with the Race Hour and uh, joining me today Dermot Olin. Hello Dino how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Last pod before Christmas, Dermot. Lots to get through. Last pod before Christmas, but yeah, I look, we get a well-earned break then, Dean, because you know, we've been working very hard over this podcast, slaving over it, so it's nice now after this to get a bit of a break, you know? Yep, some of what you just said there was true. Uh, David, <laughs> Dave Weldon is here. How's it going, Dean? You well? Very well, very well. Good to have yeah. you. And Paddy Aspel is back. Good to have you back before the Christmas racing, Paddy. Yeah, afternoon, fellas. Nice to be with you and in your company as we, well, obviously... Um, pre-Christmas podcast. We're not going to have any weekend racing to talk about, but we've got mountains to come from Kempton, Leopardstown, Limerick, Chepstow, uh, elsewhere, I guess. Bit of weather be thrown in. Uh, we'll get to all that in the second half of the uh, podcast. But before we do that, very quick uh, kind of spin through what we might have uh, seen, missed, not discussed since of the weekend, of course. Uh, why don't we kick off with Champ, uh, now the favourite for the stairs hurdle. Um the question that I guess I'm going to throw open. Dave, I'll come to you first. Uh, the right favourite for the stairs hurdle now after that performance in the long run? Um, he is the right favourite, Dean, but only because um, this is like a North 65 division around Dundalk. Like any, ah, any, any one of them could win their day. So like the most recent winner is going to be the favourite. Um, I'll hold judgment until the Irish come out over Christmas at Leopardstown and we'll see yep. how the market shakes up there. But I think Champ, I think John Joe, if he had it back, he would wait longer. He wouldn't get to the front so soon. And you'd have to worry about Time Hill's uh, constitution. Um, it's the second or third time now where he hasn't gone by when he's had every chance to. Um, so and the rest in behind Pacey Parks waiting. He ran on to be third. Thomas Darby didn't back up the form. So it is very, very holy the the form from Newbury uh, from Ascot at the weekend. But uh, uh he's the right favourite. But I, he wouldn't be for me now. I don't think. Yeah, I uh, I have to agree. I think he probably is the right favourite, and that recency bias plays into 100 to 30 with fans bet in the moment. Champ for the stairs hurdle, classical dream we haven't seen yet. Could see over Christmas seven or two, eleven or two. Time Hill seven to one last year's winner, Flooring Porter eight to one. Um, bar those ones, Paddy, I'll come to you. It was a good move, wasn't it, by Nicky to say he's going to go for a confidence booster over hurdles, get the fences out of the way for Champ and. Uh, the horse delivered. He certainly did. Um, and a first grade one, wasn't it, for young John Joe Jr. Yep. And I mean, we hadn't seen this fella jump a hurdle since he won the Sefton at Aintree back in 2019. But obviously completely bombed out, didn't he, in the Gold Cup when we last seen yeah. him. You know, but it is it is a tricky one to to sort of get through, really. I think Dave is right. I mean, you could, you could pick holes in the bulk of these, really. Paisley Park looked very, very laboured. And he's leaving an awful lot of work up to the jockey nowadays, but you know he's a couple of weeks off, ten year old, and I don't think he's gotten this far in life without without getting any wiser. And yeah, one or two underperformed, but nonetheless, at least Champ turned up, and I thought on the day for another one rising ten year old, it was it was a very tidy effort. 
Paddy, sorry. Yeah, I, I, sorry, Dave. Can I just on. ask you, Paddy? Um, they put cheap pieces on Paisley Park in um, at Newbury, and they rode them aggressively from the front. Should they not try the cheap pieces again and ride them more patiently as it, as they normally would instead of trying to force them? And it might line yeah. up and make them travel a bit further into the race, maybe. I I definitely think Newbury it was probably a little bit the other way and and the job fell apart and left it up to to Thomas Darby to pick up the pieces because they eyeballed each other being being aggressive a, a good way down but yeah I definitely thought the other day he looked like he was leaving an awful lot of the work up to Tom Bellamy on his back and and he he did come home quite nicely but he's just letting races get away from him uh, the business end get away from him at the minute but I think there's still a big engine there um in a way I'm glad they've they've sort of. Emma Lavelle has, has knocked the, the chasing job on the head and, and, and stuck where they're going. But I do still think that he is capable at the top level, but he just has gotten a little bit clever, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah he holds me back himself, all right. Yeah, and they've tried a few different things with him this season. I think, you know, he's fighting for places at best, whatever they try and do uh, when it comes to marquee time. Um Okay, Champ, though, is Demo. I'll come to you. Champ is 16 to 1 for the Gold Cup. He's going to be 10, right? So last year, he went off pretty short in a Gold Cup. Surely, there with that confidence boost out of the way, a quick spin over fences before they make a decision might not be the worst idea. Uh, look, it's uh, 10 year olds, Dean. It's just not a good record going into Chatham. Not going to um, be a good record for either race, to be honest. No, like, I mean, as. Bucks to win the stairs at 10, I would imagine, something like that. Yeah, as. As Don McLean said, it, it tends to be the horses that tend to win the stairs hurdle at 10 are ones that have, you know, been there and done that before over that race. Yeah. So, of course, he, you know, he, he's a horse that has won around Shetland. So, at 10 years old, he could fall under that bracket. Uh, Gold Cup-wise, Dean, it's just, like, to win a Gold Cup, I think people overestimate the whole being a boating because he has that. There's no doubt that he has that real unbelievable staying ability. Um, but I think the mistakes he has in him are just, they just kill him. And a Gold Cup... And like he got away with it somewhat in the RSA that I still believe that day that Manella Indo thought that his job was done um, and um, had kind of just got back up again to get past Alaho and uh, Champ rather blindsided him because, you know, he went on again that day, but his jumping again that day was desperate. It was only mm. Barry Garrett. He really got him going in the Gold Cup. It's just you never really see a horse put in a bad round of jumping, Dean, and win a Gold Cup. You know, everything has to be perfect. That's why it is the pinnacle of our sport. So if it was... If he was mine, I think he's got uh, an untold amount more chance of winning um, a stairs hurdle than he does a Gold Cup. I wouldn't be putting him near a Gold Cup now. I just think his uh, his jumping, unfortunately, just isn't good enough. Do we write off the hopes of Time Hill demo now? Dave no. already said he's, he's questioning the constitution of the horse. I think that's a very fair statement. Um, I think that there's... I think he's kind of like Abacadabras for me in that um, it, the champion hurdle. Uh, if you go back and hear, hear what I've been saying about... Abigail always was that he mightn't be good enough, but there is always an exact circumstance where a horse like Time Hill or a horse like Abigail or these horses can win a big race, and Cheltenham usually falls into that. You know, like a uh, uh, Florin Porter is going to suit Time Hill unbelievably well. Uh, Time Hill is going to have more chance. Uh, I thought Tom O'Brien did everything right. I just think Champ maybe was left in a perfect position where there was nothing hassling Champ. Uh, John John Neal said afterwards that Champ was going really well under him, too well under him, about three out. Um, so probably by the time Time Hill got to him, he was only kind of tapping back into his reserves again, Champ. Um, something like Florian Porter could unsettle the likes of a Champ um, if they were to meet again. And Time Hill, if given a similar ride, could just have something a bit kind of further ahead to aim at, and it could suit him a lot more. I'm 100% not riding that horse off for a stairs hurdle, and he's too talented to do so. Uh, he just needs to start showing that dogged 
dogged want to go buy a horse, uh, which he, he he can shirk sometimes, because you know mm. it's 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 Dicky Dicky's a brilliant jockey, and Dicky's been made a fool of this horse, and Tom O'Brien has as well. Uh, there's horses like that. He needs to start showing that more, that kind of tenacious spirit that he needs a bit. But ability-wise, Dean, he 100% can win a stairs hurdle. And to be honest, he's probably he's probably going to end up a very good each way bet in the day because people will people really knock horses like him that don't go past. But uh, all all he needs is one set of circumstances on one certain day, and he can go and win that race. Yeah, I, it's, it's still my my pick for the race. Although I, I, you have to agree, Champ should be at the top of the market. That's where they're going to go. Is just beat Time Hill. I don't see a lot else in the race that would worry me, as I've said before. So Time Hill, I'd just like to see Tomas O'Brien uh, put the gun to the head a little bit earlier. I thought he could outpace at key point. Not that Champ wasn't absolutely sauntering along. Um, a fascinating race to watch. And um, yeah, plenty more. Abercadabra's each Abercadabra's each way though, at the moment is, in my opinion, is the is the bet for this race. I've been saying this for. A long time, and I think Florin Porter Porter at Christmas will really suit him. I think um, Abigadabras under Davy Davy Russell holding him away out the back and coming through later. I I really think he, he's very interesting as well over this trip. Also, eighteen to one currently with fans bet for the Stayers Hurdle is Abigadabras. Could be a, a one to spring, all right, in this market. There's no doubt about that. I think we know a lot about the rest of them. Okay, let's talk about John Bond because John Bond uh, enhanced claims to Machine. be top of the market. Yes, what do we call him the, the other day? Short but super cool, a bit like myself. When, uh, <laughs> and he's just, he's justifying that. Uh, Paddy, let's go to you first on John Bond. Uh, he can't do much more on a racetrack so far, even if it, the vibes just before he runs every time are a little bit squiffy. Yeah, and I think the other day it was probably worth noting even beforehand in the paddock. You know, his demeanor was much better. He's a bit edgy, isn't he? Like, like plenty mm. of the good ones. He's got the little bit of a, a bit of an odd quirk about him. But I see Nicky Leg, coming up in the paddock, and he was a lot more relaxed this time round. And you know, plenty of horses get stirred up going underneath that big archway at, at Ascot. But fair play to him; he was good as gold. And I know they did sort of stand idle at the tapes again for a few seconds. But I've been really impressed with his technique on both occasions. You know, he isn't jumping like a proper big old national type, national hunt type horse who's come from the pointing ranks. He's very quick and, you know, he, he has, he does jump like a hurdler, which, you know, would tell you that he's just got an awful lot of natural ability. He's just good at, at, at everything he's asked to do. And yeah, it was, it was very, very taken. There's no doubt. Cause I think on both, both occasions, I think Aidan Coleman would like to hang on to him and keep him around horses and teach him a little bit more, but He's not really been able to simply because the opposition haven't really been able to lay up with him and, and take him that far up the track. But very, very impressive. And I think, look, we haven't even seen what what sort of ability he's got as yet. And that's because we haven't needed to. But not very, very likable. But probably the biggest thing for me was his demeanour on the day was was so much better than than what it was at Newbury. Yep, I would agree with that. And he's only going to improve, David Weldon. Uh, John Bond, 7-4 for a Supreme. Uh, it seems skinny, but he's good. He's very he, good. he is good, and he's done everything that's been asked of him on the track. Um, my issue is, re- <clears throat> really, like the Supreme is not going to be run like any of the races that he's been in before. Um, it's yep. going to be flat out from the start. And I just wonder how he'll handle that. Now, he's shown no issues. Like He'll probably suit him even more so. But I would like to see it before we get to Cheltenham actually have to put the gun to his head. Because when Aidan Coleman kind of pushed him out after the last word that, he didn't find a great deal. He didn't sprint away from him. Um, it wasn't that big a winning margin from memory. Um, so I would just like to see him. I think Nicky said he's going to have one more run before Cheltenham. 
I hope it's a competitive horse, like for pleasure in that race, something a horse like that it will just split the field apart and and let's see how good he is then. Um, like I'd rather back him a four to five, knowing that than back him at seven to four now. Yep, fair comment, fair comment. Demo, you already said machine. Um, are you even? Yeah, the only thing we're waiting for really is to see what Ireland have. Yeah, and look, I've got no kind of uh, big thing to add there. Paddy covered it all. I thought his behaviour was the big thing. Um, I thought mm. going for the front. I actually, weirdly, I liked that it kind of went against him a little bit. Duvan as well was the same. I remember there, there was a few people cribbing that year. I I was one of them saying that his races were kind of run to, to suit him maybe. And look how much he improved that day for... Uh, yeah, I did that too. ...for yeah. a strong pace. And I, I just firmly believe that the way John Bond runs, that that's only going to straighten him up even more. Um, you know, as having something in front of him. He's just straightforward. His jumping is magnificent. Um, and But I'm not going to add much more to Paddy there. I, I just think he's very, very good. And that's not a big statement to make. But Lorna Fowler deserves massive praise as well for bringing... Uh, Colonel Mustard over to finish second. Yep. Uh, that's a huge effort. That's really brilliant prize money. And uh, they want to send him off now to a Supreme. Absolutely love that. Why not? Um, they've done a serious job there. And I love when a small trainer uh, thinks outside the box like that because, you know, she could have ran in one of those races over Christmas. She could have ended up finishing fifth or sixth in Ireland in a tactical affair. But instead, she went over to the UK and she's finished second there now. And uh, that's a serious run, serious, uh, serious bit of prize money uh, scalping. So they should be very proud as well, then. Well said. Well said. Anything else caught your eye over the weekend, Demo? Uh, absolutely nothing really, Dean. No, uh, it was a good weekend's racing, but nothing that I'd, I, I'd be particularly keen to take out of it. A lot of the good ones, apart from the ones we discussed there in the boxes, aren't they, waiting for the Christmas stuff? So that's that's fair enough. Um, anyone else? Dave, anything from you? Uh, just the weekend? one that um, I know Flyboy was mad keen on over the weekend, Stellar Magic uh, for Hobbs. I think mm-hmm. it was uh, Mikael Nolden riding him for Haydock. He just got caught out. He was a bit bit idle in front when he hit the front. I didn't think he was, he was in front far too early and that long straight of Haydock over hurdles just caught him out when he got pipped on the line. I think he'll be winning uh, soon enough in a similar type of race. Yep. And we had some good success actually on the podcast last week, including Fryboy with Tritonic, who went and won uh, at a nice price for himself. Fair play. Um, okay. Uh, Paddy, anything else from the weekend that caught your eye? Thought it was interesting? Not the weekend, Dino, but I want to go a little bit further back. Um it was a horse of he was with Jura Lachlan. He's gone to William Mullins. Uh, Viva De Vito. He won okay. a bu- won a bumper at Tremor on the ninth of December. Now I put him in my tracker when Derek O'Connor rode him on his debut for Jura Lachlan back at Punchestown in April, and he was just far too free on the front end. But he still finished fourth in that race that Crown's Major won um, of Emmett Mullins's, and Jody Townend rode him the other day in a first time hood, first star for Willie, and I mean he literally. She tried to drop him in and get him to switch off, but in far like he, he is, the revs are high with him. He got away on her, but he still ended up absolutely slushing up 16 lengths in the end. He won. Now, I know it was only Tremor, but we know that Willie likes to aim a nice one at Tremor in a prep. Um, yeah, he looks very, very good. Even that day, he, he went through that race at Punchestown. He had no business finishing fourth when he was as keen on the front end under O'Connor that day, and the way he won. The other day, disappointing for Jarrah Lockton. He's still in the sh- same ownership that uh, he got moved to to Willie's. But anyways, he looks very, very good, this Viva De Vito. And be interesting to see where they start him off over hurdles or if they keep him, keep him doing this job. But that was one I thought was just maybe worth a mention. Viva De Vito. Yeah, good man to throw that into the mix. 
Thank you very much. Okay. Well, we're at the point where we will take a break on the race hour this week, of course, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And now we've got fans bet on board, which is superb for us for the rest of the national hunt season. Um, when we come back, we'll start at Kempton on Boxing Day, St. Stevens's Day, depending on where you're listening. And we'll end up all the way through to the 29th, closing probably with the Matheson hurdle. Lots of cracking action uh, to be discussed here on the race hour. Coming up in a moment. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast. Of course, the Christmas special. Looking forward to all the uh, Christmas racing from the 26th through to the 29th and everything in between. You're listening to the Race Hour brought to you by our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, for the remainder of the national hunt season, just as we get to the business end, we are also uh, brought to you with Fans Bet. Thank you very much for getting involved with us. We've got David Weldon here, Paddy Aspel, and Dermot Nolan and myself, Dean Ryan. And we're about to get stuck into St. Stephen's Day or Boxing Day, depending on what side of the water you reside. The 155 at Kempton on the 26th of December is the Kato Star Novices Chase. Um, this looks to be set up to be a bit of a match here for Ahoy Senior and Brave Man's game. But six runners declared as we speak. Um, the market is pretty, pretty tight. I think it's five to six and six to five at uh, the field. Which way are you going to lean, Dermot Nolan? It's a serious race, isn't it, Dean? Um, it's it's kind of hard here. I, I actually haven't really landed down on a massive uh, opinion on this, really. So I can kind of shift it on. Um, I think that they're they're both just very very good horses. Uh, I think this is far more of a watching re- than it is to actually get stuck into this. I think there's there's more racing over Christmas that I'll be absolutely stuck into. So as far as this race goes, I'm actually just just going to leave it actually. Must watch, not bet, maybe, is your view there. Yeah. I'd like, uh, do you know what, right? I was surprised to see that the official ratings have Ahoy Senior three pounds um, higher than Brave Man's Game. Uh, that's not for me. I'd have a pretty strong opinion that Brave Man's Game is going to slaughter this field, including Ahoy Senior, Paddy Aspel. Yeah, he's a bit rough around the edges still, isn't he, Ahoy Senior? Uh, there's a massive engine in there, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously, he had Brave Man's Game behind him, didn't he, in that... in at entry in that good novice hurdle and I mean he kicked him out of the way seven lengths didn't just beat him he beat him properly didn't he he really did now yeah yeah I mean the only thing about a high senor is right-handed well he's only gone that way once and that was at Carlisle now I think he's a big burly horse he'd had he'd run his race and for him he, he made a right all howler and got rid of of Derek Fox pretty late on but he'd run his race it was over and behind fitter on the roof and but that's the only yeah. time he's ever been sort of right-handed this is a totally different bag obviously good and sharp going right-handed here it'll be interesting to see um he's got to be good on his feet but he was he really warmed into it at Newbury but whether he's just going to have as much time to warm up this time around it will be interesting but there's Lucinda Russell and both Peter Scudamore they rate this horse very very highly for sure but I was probably just keener on Adrian Heskin's horse here, three under through five. He'll be raging, yep. really, that, you know, to say there's only six runners and there's two of his that are in it, well, Kiltidi Briggs as well, who he, he could have ridden. But obviously, three under through five, he's, he's, he's higher in the ratings and he looks very, very good. I just think maybe he might be that little bit sharper on the day than a high senior. 
Um, he has got a lofty all rate, and there's no doubt, but probably just slight preference for three under through five. Wow, decent price as well, Paddy, 300 through five, uh, five to one. I think the race will set up nicely because he won't want to be totally front end. Brave man's game going to take him along, I would imagine, David. Yeah, uh, this it's a funny race because we've seen in the past and uh, what Sean Blue last year kind of made all. Um, my bite would have made all a couple of years ago um, before having hit one of his moments at the last. Mm. Um, mm. So it's kind of a race that you think would suit Brave man's game. But... Uh, I think I'm going to side with a high senior. Like, I agree with Dermot. It's probably not a betting race. Like You're going to be playing, playing a match, really. Um, 305 ran two weeks ago. I don't know whether he'll run again. Um, and the rest, I don't think, are up to this this level. Um, it's a great pre-Cheltenham race. This, these are the classes we want to see before the festival um, get the pecking order in. But it wouldn't surprise me. Brave Grand, Man's Game won here and high senior beating the RSA, um, just given the nature of Kempton. So a side slightly with Brave Man's Game, but... If a high senior drifted out to a big enough price, I'd probably take a flyer on him. Okay, bit of fence sitting, yeah. I, I sense across across the group, and it is, it, you know, it does look like a match. Although Paddy fancies three under through five to run well, currently five to one with fans. But Miller's Bank is nines, fourteens, T Clipper and Kiltili Briggs at sixteen. I think Brave Man's game will take a wallop of stopping here. I think it'll be. Uh, too good but then i've never been on the ahoy senior train so let's see i keep calling it senior senor let's be careful okay why don't we move on then to um the well i was going to do the king george next but i'm not because it doesn't come in that order so i'm going to do the christmas hurdle um demo i'll let you go first here again seeing as you didn't have too much to offer on the previous races and a must uh watch not bet race what do you make of the christmas hurdle likes of tritonic could um come back out quickly to face epitont but otherwise, uh, not so sleepy, soaring glories on a bit of a recovery mission. Gosh, and well, who knows whether that will uh, turn up and run, let alone how it will run, and glory and fortune. Small field again. Yeah, I was really hoping that uh, you'd come to me first on the King George and let me come in the middle here where I could just say I, I agree with someone else. Uh, this is an absolute pitiful race. Um, I can't get over how poor the bunch of them clearly are over in the UK. I mean, Epiton, she's, she's a lovely mare, don't get me wrong, but... Like she's four to five here after she's clearly she's gone off the boil since last year at Christmas time and she's still running to me like there's something wrong with her back. Um, the last day at Newcastle she had every chance to go by not so sleepy and she just didn't and I know she might have been burly looking and she might be thinking but she's this is going on too long now. Um, not so sleepy at ten to three like he's he probably is the bet here despite the fact that he, he's he's to me now he's he's an average enough horse mm-hmm. as in again like I said last week when we say average we're talking about against the likes of Honeysuckle. We're not talking about the, the likes of horse that I could afford because uh, obviously I dreamed on one as good as him, but Soaring Glory at 6-1, to one, like he's, he's not good enough. Uh, he wasn't good enough in a Supreme, so he shouldn't be good enough here. Tritonic was very good, but again, you're talking, he's won a handicap. Uh, Goshen looks to be gone at the game, and Glory and Fortune is, is here because it's very smart from they are to try and pick up some some prize money so not so sleepy probably is the bet just just by kind of whittling down the field i mean he's already done it uh was brave as a line and david weldon spoke of a constitution of a horse earlier i'm not sure what's left in epitant i hope there's loads more there but just she just still looks runs to me like a horse who's still feeling something so on that basis and that ground jonathan burke who i spoke about last week who's really on a renaissance now in his career um He's, he's too young to be in a renaissance, sorry, but he's uh, he's, he's coming back again. Um, I think Not So Sleepy can, can deliver a grade one for him, but uh, 
this race is surely under pressure now to keep its uh, its grade one status. Surely. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, to me, it looks like everything's just lining up for a bit of prize money. Um, but perhaps not so sleepy. I'd imagine Epiton would be good enough to come and win this, but she'll have to do a little bit better than the last day, Paddy. Oh, she will for sure. Um, I mean, obviously. Coleman was blaming himself a little bit, wasn't he? Saying maybe mm. he was on the job a bit too early, but I don't know, not so sleepy. He's a real quirky horse, you know. He's he's rising ten year old, but plenty of ability. But certainly has his his own ideas about about the odd thing or two. But that was a massive performance at at Newcastle. But I was probably going to go with the younger legs here in Tritonic simply yep. because he seems to. That was a real good effort, obviously just the other day but one of his best performances have come at this track when he absolutely kicked Casalupi out of the way um, and I haven't done on this previous run at Ascot the time before but just good bit younger legs I know he's got a bit to do on the book off 147 but at least he's arriving here in pretty good nick off the back of a, a good effort but Trappy race John Joe Jr. thinks that Soar and Glory will totally leave that Newbury run behind but he's going to have to so probably just take tritonic here okay um yeah and it you know be a quick turnaround only eight days since winning but uh you know something's got to come out of the uh out of the back numbers here and challenge uh something like epitonic it could well be uh tritonic what about you mr weldon yeah it's it's a funny race i think epitonic will win i think she'll probably win in better fashion than she did at new than at newcastle um dead heat there and just got caught in the line um I think that would bring her on. Newcastle that day it was wild. Um, it was snow on the ground. It was windy. It was everything. Actually, like, if she didn't have the the willpower still, she would have chucked it in and finished third. Um, like to beat So Royal, who we, we all know is, is a fair yardstick. Um, she drifted that day as well, expecting suggesting that she needed to run. I think four to five is a fair enough price on her. Um, in a field that she should have to beat enough. Um, the only interesting one here, and it's gonna sound weird coming from me, but like Goshen could easily get. Um, oi, oi. He's not an easy lead because not so sleepy will probably go forward as well. But the two of them could kind of nearly slip the field a little bit if they ride them that way. I think they need to go back to the way they ride them in, in the. I think it's time to be enterprising yeah. with Goshen too. And they, they, I agree. They go back to when he was a juvenile. Just let him go. Let's jump and do the work instead of trying to make him into a proper racehorse. Let him see if he still has ability there and, and just chances. This is the best chance he's going to get. It's two miles right-handed. Exactly what they've been looking for. And, and should be decent enough ground. Um, like, you could probably back him in a match maybe against something like um, Soar and Glory. You might get even money in or something like that. Because um, I think Soar and Glory has probably had his day now. As much as I love the horse. He, he, that uh, fort behind uh, one more for the road. He didn't show any enthusiasm there on a course that he's run well at before, so I'd, I'd worry he's had maybe he's coming to the end of a setter now. Um, but it's, it's a strange thing to say, but I think Goshen could potentially be um, an each way show here, um, without the favourite or whatever way you want to play it. Yeah, well, as it's Christmas, exactly, you know, miracles happen, you know. Yeah, I uh, I do like the uh, you know fairy tale story there. I'd love Goshen to come back and win this, and uh, I would. I would indeed, but you know, Epitont does look a little bit of a pendant kick as this race is starting to become um, for whatever the yardstick is that Nicky Henderson wants to put in here or whatever's floating around. But this isn't the division uh, that we once knew in the UK, and that is a fact. Now, Demo, look, you pleaded, okay? So you can definitely come first on the King George, but I'm hoping this time 
you have a bit more to say about it. The King George is at five past three on uh, the 26th, of course. Now, a few Irish entries. We're not sure uh, what will turn up. They will be doubly declared in something like the Savills Chase, of course. But, um, Dermo, why don't you take us away with the King George? Uh, Clander Zobo favourite. Manila Indo um, is next best in the market. Then Foden, Chantry House are steering for launch. Uh, if they all show, it's a good race. On mute, Dermo's on mute. In fact, uh, apologies Dermo, about that. Uh, I did a Darren News on a uh, DM. It, it, it stays in Dermo, so this better be good. <laughs> uh, it's a serious race because even lost in translation, there ten to one. He's he's not out of this if he's back in uh, back in in good heart. Great to see Willie Mullins pretty much commit to a steering flange go over. Manel Indo is pretty much going over. Um, I just think that. Chantry House is a whopping price here mm. at 11 to 2. Um, Clandes Oboe is the ultimate 164 5 horse in that he'll run to that level every single time. So something has to come and get him. So, of course, he, he's to me, he is the correct favorite because we know the level that, that he, he should run to. Frodon, he's the exact same. Um, he'll run to the level that the, the two of them will hassle each other. Um, I'd probably have Frodon as kind of a bit more closer towards him. Uh, a steering for Lange, I understand the angle, and there's going to be an awful lot of Irish um, hearts and eyes on him. To me, he's just he's too frustrating. Um, he's going to throw in a perler. You don't get away with it here, as as my beloved Don Cossack showed all those years ago, and I still think he was going to win that race, but that's an argument for another day. Lost in translation, looks like he's bounced back, but he's kind of hard to see. It, to me, that this race boils down between the two Cheltenham Festival winners, between Shantry House and Manella Indo. I love Manella Indo, as everyone on this podcast knows it, it still breaks my heart that I left him last year for the Gold Cup after bigging him up all year. But I'm not sure Kempton's going to be exactly what he loves. Um, I think the angle with him is that I think he, he could end up getting beaten here, but then he'll be a much better price for the Gold Cup afterwards. And that's where where he'll, he'll be a bet again. He'll come on an awful lot from Down Royal, obviously, last time. But to me, I'm just not sure... It's not that he's a particularly slow horse, but just all of his performances have been over three. His best performances have been over three miles at Cheltenham. And there's a big difference, as we know, Dean, between three miles at Cheltenham and three miles at Kempton. While Chantry House, I think he'll stay, but I think his form is over two miles four. He, he's a fierce, pacey horse. He, he ran in a supreme. And I just think that Chantry House is, if there's any horse that is going to trouble those two De Bromid horses in the Gold Cup, it is him. He warmed up last time in a two-runner race. We didn't know, learn much more about him than that he, he's alive and well. Um, but even the form last season, Dean, at Aintree of Hammering Sham Blue, that's now a strong form. Uh, beating Fusil Raffles easy enough last season. Uh, third, third behind Shishkin in a supreme. The form that this horse carries in here is maybe a small bit underestimated because of the fact that he's had a, a weird enough prep. But Nicky Henderson specializes in that. And coming into this race at 11-2, to I just think with the amount of upsides that there is potentially in this horse coming in against horses that Manelindo has to prove that he, he's not going to follow that long trend of maybe collapsing after a Gold Cup, but I don't think he will. But the rest of them, we know where we stand with everything else in this race. If there is a new superstar lying and waiting, it is uh, Chantry House Dean. So at 11 to 2, I'm very happy to take that price and to find out. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, do you know what? Like 10 races under rules, 8 wins from Chantry House. There could be we just don't know what we're going to get out of this horse. And albeit that the, the weird kind of ways that it's, it's gone about its business so far in his runs for Nicky Anderson, uh, maybe add that element of doubt. But I think that's in the price, 11 or 2. You could, be, you could well be right there. Paddy, uh, cut through the King George for me, please. Manila Indo, I think for me, 
Dino. Um, he Does Kempton not concern you? Not really. I mean, look, you look down at the tracks that he's run at, yeah, the bulk of them are, are, are the other way around, left-handed. Mm. But, like, you'd think the time when he won the... Um, when he won the... Uh, where was it? Sorry, I'm just looking now. Um, when he beat Apley Tard um, in the in in the Gold Cup. No, it was the year before. Um, he went round and pulled like a train the whole way. Mm. He's not a slow horse. Um, mm. the, sorry, when he finished behind Champ uh, the year before in the in the RSA, he pulled yeah. like a train. He's not a slow horse, although he stays a trip. I don't think he's a slow horse. He, he also won over right-handed as well, beating Alaho in the. In the stairs, novice as well, so I don't think right handed would be much of an issue, really. No, not at all. Just the, the way that the races he contests, the bulk of them have been going the other way, but no issues with the with the right hand job. And I definitely think, and Ruby highlighted it as well at Down Royal that day, he looked burly and he wet and eyeballed Frodon for a good bit of that race. And so he was entitled to go for his girts. I think he'll come on massively for that effort, and I could see him shaping up real well here. But cracking races say we haven't got many of them. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Manila Indo for Paddy. Um, Dave, over to you. Bit of love for Clanders Oboe coming my way or not? No, Dean. <laughs> um, I think it's strange that Ponick has decided to come straight here. <laughs> um, he, he's needed his run every time. He has never won fresh bar his first run for Pond Nichols um, as a four-year-old. So mm-hmm. that would seriously concern me. And at 11th, I had no interest in backing him. And given how he ran in the race last year as well, um, which is, I think, probably made the decision for him to come here first because they probably felt they left it at Haydock a bit last year. Um, I, I still think he needs a run. Um, I don't think Manella Indo will like to track. Dermot's probably robbed on my notes. I'm actually trying to figure out who's hacked my PC here or not. Um, so I, I agree completely with Chantry House. Coming out of his company, it's been so good. It was very strong at Aintree over three miles. Um, no issues. He's, I think he's bulletproof. Um, he's one of my best bets over Christmas, I think. Um, I think Frolong can be placed. Uh, I expect a big one around Mr. Fisher as well if the ground stays good. Um, he's, a, he's a good horse and things just haven't gone right for him, I don't think. Um, he got blown out of water in that Ryanair last year with the pace. Um, if it all clicks for there's a big race in him. I think he's about 14 to 1 or something like that. So he's a big price. But yeah, Chantry House. He's actually I kind of hard looking at the Gold Cup last night when I was up on this. If he goes the way I think he's going to go, I think he will be, will be my Gold Cup horse this year. Um, he has that potential. He's young, he's age on the side. I think he's, he has everything going for him. And you look at his, his two defeats, one behind Shishkin um, in Supreme, forgive him that, no bother. And the other one was behind Fusil Raffles and Lieutenant Rocco in a four-runner race around Cheltenham in, um, in December last year. And the ground was unseasonably good, I think. That, that weekend and um, I think he picked up a knock as well after that because he was off till February um, when he came back at Wetterby so that's easy for him as well so he's basically unbeaten if you take them two runs out of it and I think he should be favourite but I don't understand why he's them to do we know he's in good form he's had his run um, albeit a two run race but sure other horse and Nicky's go for a gallop and they go off shorter so that's not an issue Um, yeah I'm just repeating what Dermot said really but he's fairly bulletproof for me you mentioned Mr. Fisher. That's thirty-three to one with fans bet for the race. Clanders Oba is five to two favorite. Eleven to four. Manella Indo. Frodo nine to two alongside Chantry House uh, at the current prices. There, like Sevastian and Falange fives. Lost in translation tens. I am a big Froden fan for this. I think a few of them might just not 
deliver around here. I think Klander Zobo, that long layoff, and uh, is always able to throw a wobbler, albeit if it runs its race, it's got to go close. I steer in Falange, I just don't think we'll, we'll be uh, be spotted once it sees the fences get in the way. Chantry House is the fascinating one, all right, with that um, with that trajectory of the career. We're not really sure where that's going to end up. I can't see Manella Indo enjoying Kempton, but I seem to be slightly in the minority, although Mr. Weldon agrees with me. And um, yeah, I think Froden's the one they're all going to have to come past. And uh, it will be another Christmas story. Bryony Frost, Paul Nichols, and, and Froden perhaps getting it done to King George. Can't wait for it. That is probably, well, that is definitely one of the highlights of Christmas, certainly the highlight of the 26th. But there are some other good stuff on the cards around the place, of course. Um, I might just go to Leopardstown next, actually, on the same day, on Boxing Day, St. Stevens' Day. The 220 at Leopardstown is the racing post, novices chase. Uh, Dave, I might stick with you. Fernie Hollow's going to go off odds on here. Yeah. Um, again, it's similar to the kind of the couple star, novices chase. It's pretty much a match. Um, of course, Fernie's good the last day, but I, I can't see him being up to these, and he's, he's better fresh and rest of them. Um, I think you probably might see a small field here. You might only see the four runners or something like that. Um, mm. Fernie's Fernie Hollow's all class. I thought he was deadly the last day. Um, and Riviera de Tell gets all the weight, so it's it's pretty even between them, I'd say. Um, it seems what 46, 64, something like that, in that moment. Um, yeah, probably about right. Um, if one again, a similar to the other one, I'll sit on the fence. If one gets a bit big, one maybe goes to two to one, five to two in the morning, you back that and, and take your chances if the odds on might flop. Um, but it should be a great race because River the Table set, set, set off in front and couldn't catch me Fernie Hollow and I think Fernie Hollow will be good enough to beat her. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think Fernie Hollow will be good enough. Dermot, would you agree? Uh, I think Fernie Hollow, yeah. Uh, I think River to tell we would want to have some, uh, back to that magic word of this podcast, constitution to be going uh, as long as this again because that was a, a, a tough effort again at uh, Navin on the 4th of december so in the without market here i will be going for course of lime i think the rachel blackmore hit the front maybe a bit too soon for what this horse actually wants no doubt that this horse is better fresh but still and uh, there's enough time between and to me to my eyes henry de bromet had turned him inside and out and he's his jumping with that kind of traveling ability could could well go very well over fences so i'd expect for Hollow to win this uh but in the without market i would definitely be taking a course of lime to maybe finish ahead of Riviere de Tell, who might just be feeling her exertions because she's had three tough races now this season where she's been brilliant. So don't get me wrong, but that is um that's that will be quite a feat to back that up a four time in in just a few months. So of course I blame without Dean, but uh, Fernie Hollow should definitely be good enough. Yeah, okay, Paddy, and uh, Fernie Hollow against Riviere de Tell, course sublime, dancing on my own. Uh, there's even a, a, a Susanna Ritchie one in there, Grand Bernard, that we don't know the world about and uh, and could be anything. If they you know, were to get six or seven in here, it would be a, a decent enough test for the favourite. Yeah, it'd be a good effort, wouldn't it, by Riviere de Tell pitched in against the boys here. But, you know, she's only a four-year-old, Dino, and she's yeah. got a good bit more experience than a good few of these. Um, you know, three from three over fences, but there's no doubt um, she has had some tough races, but I suppose along the way she's picked up a that good bit more experience and a bit more battle-hardened than one or two of these. Potential-wise, obviously, it's Fernie Hollow's race to lose, you would say. But, you mm. know, she's getting the stone nearly from, from the bulk of these, apart from the horse above her is off and in, but, which is a fair old chunk of weight. Um, but maybe uh, the busy campaign so far might just be her undoing, but Fernie Hollow is, is definitely, without a doubt, the, the potential horse here. Yeah, well, it's going to be a good test, and Riviera de Tell is going to set it up nicely for Fernie Hollow. We might just see a little bit of the, a couple of extra gears come out, and that would be interesting 
uh, to see. Looking forward to it. That's the racing post novice chase, 220 at Leopardstown, the 26th. Now, there's some other good races on the 26th, not necessarily in the running order here. Uh, Demo, I might come to you. We've got the likes of the Forheen novices chase at Limerick. I think we've got the Roland Merrick as well at Weatherby. And I'd throw the night Frank Juvenile at you as well at Leopardstown. But you might have something else. Yeah, Farouk Delane is very interesting at the odds of 7-1 uh, to one there in the Faheen Novices Chase. I mean, last season he saw Fanillier. Uh, Keith Dunhu was very sweet on his bookmakers at Cullet UK blogging him, um, and Keith ended up having to give up that ride. It was an awful mess for him. But anyway, uh, he won last year. We saw what Fanillier went on and did afterwards. Fanillier is, is an excellent horse. He's brilliant over fences. And to me, he's, he's one of the leading lights, one of those kind of... You know those kind of tough horses that can get forgotten sometimes in an RSA market. You know, you'd have the sexy ones up the front. But the likes of him, he's he's very interesting there for me. But Limerick is definitely going to pay to Farouk Delane's strengths. And uh, to me, at like 7-1 to one or so, I think he's a whopping bet in that race. We know that he goes around the track because he won at this meeting last year, beating Vinnier, as I said. Um, so I think Farouk Delane is one of my bets over Christmas. If he does indeed turn up, I'm not going to touch him anti-post, obviously, just kind of wait and see. But if he does turn up here... Uh, he looked very good the last time, and this, this, just everything about Limerick it is going to suit him down to the ground. Um, yeah. But Dean, one of my main bets, probably my main bet over Christmas, um, is spread across two horses in the one race. But the the one forty five at Leopardstown, um, trainers are creatures of habit, like all of us. But like Tony Martin and Jessica Harrington just target this race over and over again and it seems to get kind of missed by the market um like Jessica Harrington's record in the, so sorry this is the 145 at Leperstown at Christmas the novice handicap hurdle in 2020 yeah. she'd one runner fourth at nine to one 2019 she was unplaced but 2018 third 2017 fourth 2016 won the race and third in 2014 she has one entry this year it's a horse called aragon and watch back two runs ago when he was with mervyn torrens watch back the run the race it's such an eye-catching run that the racing post actually have in their in running comments eye-catching that's what they have in there the last two two words in it um so like it, it's insane how eye-catching the horse was in october reappeared when still with the torrenses and was beaten well beaten at down royal but was well back for 33s into 14s against a very talented horse in Mighty Potter. The owner has now moved the horse to Jessica. Absolutely no offence to Mervyn Torrance, but that is a, a trainer upgrade. Uh, the horse should be getting in here. It smacks to me, Dean, this horse as being out off 105. That it, you know, when a trainer like Jessica gets their hands on a horse like that who's shown such promise, these horses tend to come on leaps and bounds. A mark of 105 could be unbelievably lenient here. Um, mm -hmm. So that is uh, that's Aragon in the 145 at Leperstown. But the other runner, and I'd be recommending here, Dean, a reverse forecast and to back both of them, is um, is Marvel fan for Tony Martin. Tony Martin again has an unbelievable record in this race. Um, bar last year when you need you need one runner who ran 100 to one. 2019 fourth with the Mouse Doctor Dean, who you backed on yep. this podcast. 2018 second. 2017 third. 2016 second. 2015 won this race. 2014 won this race uh, marvel fan won really well last time but he won in the shape of a horse that maybe wasn't meant to win he drifted from 20s out to 40s um but yeah whoops yeah but brian cooper he, he would have been more than likely now would have been called into the stewards room had he tried to stop anything the horse has only gone up seven pounds but that was a seriously good performance that was a performance of a horse who's way way ahead of of uh of a race like that so justine when you've got two trainers who target a race as religiously as this, and they both only have... Uh, Tony Martin has two runners, but I imagine Marvel fan is definitely his main one. Aragon's 
Jessica's only entry. I just think that they're they're two horses you cannot forget. Um, and then last week, Dean, um, I know you don't listen to me much, but in the 240 at uh, at Leperstown on uh, on Stevens there, or maybe not the 240, sorry, two seconds there, uh, in at Leperstown in the 255, sorry, um, yeah. a horse last week that I said will be winning very, very soon is fighting fifth um, and... Uh, Sorry, fighting fit, and he is he is due to possibly get into this race of bottom weight. If you watch the way that this horse ran through his last race, uh, you'd imagine that, that that there is a bigger target in mind for him. Uh, he ran an absolute screamer. Um, the Dempsey Stable have only had uh, three runners in this race over the last ten years. They won it in 2012, third in 2014, and sixth in 2018. Uh, the horse Jackson's Lady, who won this back. 2012 had a prep uh, a run about two weeks before the race a really quiet prep run and fighting fifth has pretty much followed suit on that if fighting fifth runs here i'd expect them to be a decent price in the 255 at Sound and the dempsey stable do target this race they're a very small but a very shrewd outfit team as you know um so um fighting fifth there and um aragon and uh and marvel fan in the 145 Geez, there is some smoke coming off your um, your Christmas annuals there, Demo. You know that. <laughs> I, can, I can almost I can almost see it. It's the Wi-Fi um, feels okay. for <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, does she ever see this? I one? haven't spoken to her in a few weeks, so yeah. Yeah, that's impressive though. Fighting fit, okay, for the two fifty-five <laughs> and Marvel fan and Aragon in the earlier race on that Leverstown card. I think it was the one forty. Five. Yeah, 145 at uh, Okay, now you ignored my lead-ins, Dermo, to those other couple of races, which is totally fine. Dave, follow this, though, because I did also throw the Knight Frank um, juvenile hurdle, which I think is uh, interesting. The reason I think it's interesting is that was taken by Britska uh, the last day at Ferry House, just over two weeks. It'll be when it lines up in that Knight Frank juvenile. I think that'll come on a bundle for Gordon Elliott. Going to go up against an odds-on shot in field door. And uh, I also threw the uh, Roland Merrick um, at uh, demo, but he ignored it. He's found better things. Go, Dave. Yeah, um, in the role of Merrick now, just a quick look at it. Canelo won it last year, and he's been campaigned uh, sparingly, let's say, um, for the last twelve months, and it's back down to the same hmm. mark that he won off it last year for Alan King, who is in good form. Um, I think he'll probably go well there, depending on, on what else lines up. Cloudy Glen, the Hennessy winners in there, and um, a couple of other nice, nice horses. A decent race. Um, good boy Bobby and Janet Kidd likes that but Canelo mention the winner Dave will you please uh, I can't you know you tell me the winner then go on Windsor Avenue I'll let, I'll let Paddy tell us all about how that's going to win not, in a minute oh, but, it's um... down the bottom there right? it didn't get down that far did it? Uh, um, <laughs> and I, it'd be interesting to me what, what Elliot runs in the in the night Frank I can't see him run the field or against Britska um, it, that, that's a real race to look at Andy Post you need to see what's running there they're all very unexposed um, we'll know soon. Yeah. We will know yeah. soon. Yeah, can't come quick enough, Dean. Can't come quick enough. But um, I just I have two, two in that novice handicap hurdle that Dermot Der- Der- has to make such a good against Dermot Nolan. Oh, against them, yeah. Now they are oh they are double entered, so um, hopefully they won't roll in this race. But I think the handicapper has plucked 112 out of thin air for up in the ante for uh, Henry de Bromhead. Uh, it won okay. with any amount of ease the last time. Um. He actually Rachel picked his horse. I don't know if he picked her owner's choice, but Henry had an odds on shot and Rachel rode this one at seven to two. And Adrian Heskin came over to ride one for Gordon Elliott in McNeil colours, um, which he's done a couple of times to good effect this year. That horse is well beaten second. And hundred and twelve just smacks of probably being about ten to fifteen pounds lighter than where it should be. 
Um, so I think he'll have a chance. And Bambridge, who is is doubly entered, he's been entered on later on in the week, um, is top weight in that race off 128. Again, that mark seems to probably underestimate him. He was a good bumper horse and has shown a bit over hurdles. But I'm scared now because Darren made such a good case for his two. Yeah, yeah, geez, that race sounds more competitive now than it did when uh, when Dermo was taking us through uh, the early offings. Okay, Paddy, a few other races there I threw into the mix for the 26th. Uh, you can take your pick of them or ignore them all entirely and up to you. Yeah, there was a couple at Weatherby, Dino. Um, yep. I'm going to look at the role of Merrick and, as you mentioned, Brian Ellison's horse ran well in this race last year, didn't he? Windsor Avenue and obviously chasing home Snow Leopardus at... Banger the last day and giving her weight, wasn't he? Um, yep. Windsor Avenue. But it's just been a little while since he's actually managed to pop, pop his head in front. That would be my only worry with him. You know, he's yep. he's rising 10, but he did run well in this race behind Canelo last year. So he's certainly interesting. But there was another one in there. I just wish the yard were a little bit busier winner wise at the minute. He's a horse I've always liked his Empire Steel for Sandy Thompson. I think mm-hmm. this horse is still relatively, I won't say unexposed, but I think there's room for new manoeuvre off his mark because he's only a seven-year-old. He was a bit late coming to the job. And, you know, I think it, there could be a nice day in him here. That was a good effort the last day. Big, burly horse now. He's probably generally first time back was the time to get him, but he, he looks like maybe he's taking a bit more work nowadays. But everything looks in line for me for a good run here from Empire Steel if he turns up for the role of Merrick. And there was one more horse I wanted to give a mention in the last race if he gets declared, Dino, mm-hmm. of Adrian Keatley's because I actually was too busy talking in the cafeteria at the sales and drinking tea and talking rubbish. I missed this horse going through the ring because I'd, I'd noted him down. I'd been to see him. He was a lovely little horse called Kehava and Adrian Keatley went and bought him and he two steady runs over hurdles he was trained by ken condon in ireland just three runs in maidens he had two runs over hurdles then he pitched him into a maiden hurl at sedgefield at the beginning of the month and he ran really really well dare i say it too well finished third and he was only mm-hmm. just over four lengths the handicapper's given him 109 and he's got an entry in that 320 at weatherby on boxing day and I think he could be, even though I would have been happy with round about 100. I think of 109, there's there's a little bit of room to manoeuvre there. Uh, yeah, it's key. How would you say it? Kieva? Kieva. 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 Okay, Kieva. Okay. That's in that 320 at Weatherby. Um, I'll just spin you quickly through those prices for the Ronan Merit from fans. But Silver Hallmark is 92 favourite. Cloudy Glen, 11 to 2, 6 to 1 Empire still. That's the one Paddy was talking about there. And if you can go a little bit deeper down the market, Windsor Avenue's there, 8 to 1. But like Paddy says, doesn't get his head in front as much as they uh, might have liked. And now rising 10. I think this could be a good day for it, though. But we've highlighted a few there of the extra uh, races across the um, St. Stephen's Day Boxing Day action on the 26th. I think it's a good time to take a very quick breather. And when we come back, we'll do uh, the rest of the races. Of course, you're listening to the race out podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and fans bet you're listening to the race hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips news and the best odds for horse racing looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign up offers in the industry you'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk sponsors of the race hour
Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season. Uh, we're right into the mix of the Christmas racing. It's myself, Dean Ryan, David Weldon, Paddy Asport and Dermot Nolan. Uh, we're on to the 27th of December. I'm going to kick off with the Paddy Rewards Club chase um, at Leopardstown, 110, due to go to post. Energemine, Shaka and Poursoir, Envoir Allen, Sam Crow, Battle Over Doyen and Size and Potsy. Uh, Demo, I might remember uh, Mr. David Mullins telling us on a Cheltenham Festival preview night, uh, actually in association with the race out, of course, that he wouldn't be surprised if Henry uh, knows what a two-miler looks like, and that's what he does to Envoy Allen. I think you were in agreement. Yeah, and to be fair, um, Henry's given him every chance open trip. Henry de Bromhead's assertion that that John Durkin race might have just been a strange one, it, it could well just be correct. You know, that, that does happen at times where just loads of horses just underperform. And, like, when you look at that race, like, a lot of very good horses, like Ken Boy and Franco de Port and Tornado Flyer and these horses, they all, and uh, Fakir Duderie, et cetera, they all just finished knackered. Whatever went wrong or whatever kind of went around the, the field there, um, they just seemed to be absolutely out in their feet. Because even the way Alaho finished, you know, he wasn't full of running, really. Um, uh, so, to me, that might have just been a strange race. Look, Envy Allen's on one hell of a retrieval mission. There's, 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 there's no getting away from that now. Um, you know, there's a horse who's who's still really talented. Things have have gone wrong for him, but this makes sense. Rachel Blackmore, although she could well be in Kempton, won't she? Pro- oh no, sorry, she'll be back in this day. Um, she'll be there. Yeah, Envy Allen going, him going from the front here, um, bowling along, is a challenge that maybe an Urgent Mean hasn't come up yet. It's great for. Nurse mean because this means that you know that's another kind of bow in his cap and a horse like Envy Allen because apparently checking for Swall or an Urge, I mean one of them will end up going One's to Kempton. skip yeah, yeah yeah so we'll end up going to the Desert Orchid so you'd imagine that'll be checking for Swall um so Envy Allen against an Urge, I mean Envy Allen from the front like it's really interesting he's he's always been really quick arguably his his best performance ever was over two miles when he beat Abacadavras in the in the Royal Bond um definitely ratings wise that would suggest so and him going from the front that day he was faultless so rachel blackmore who's so adept at that as well i think that this is very interesting for the whole champion chase division and urgent probably still is is good enough to do it but on ratings i know there's 10 pounds between them but envy allen's maybe just just kind of hasn't hasn't kicked on as as he should have we, we wouldn't be surprised at all if envy allen's capable of making up those Ten pounds. So, as an each way bet now, uh, considering it's kind of two places six to one, considering that that this race will will cut up, I will be taking a chance here on Envy Allen. I have already each way. I just see it as an each way bet to nothing really, because uh, he's six to one now with um, with two two places, and this race is only going to cut up even more. So I just think that that's a, a absolutely uh, a very simple bet to place. Um, so at six to one each way, Dean, I think he is the bet here, and uh, I would not be surprised to see him him going with us. Yeah, I think that's going to disappear as we talk about it, to be honest. Um, we know that one of the other two is going to uh, divert. Um, and for Ireland, that'd be the way I'd play it, Mr. Weldon. Um, just to say, lads, neither the Irish horses are in the Desert Orchid entries. Um, so they could both line up. Line up. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Cheers, Dave. Cheers. Sorry, I was reading an interview from, from Patrick Mullins yeah. yesterday, which seems to be... Uh, just, Henry gave an update on Shishkin there saying he, he worked well, so he's probably going to go to Desert Orchid. It's before midnight. Funambula, Savola, Granatine, and Sky Pirate and Shishin. Ah, cheers, Dave. Sorry about that. Right, perfect. Well, they're, they're right to duck Shishkin. Yeah, <laughs> this, this early in the season, you don't want to be blotting your copy yeah. books. Um, the ultimate race each other. Um, anyway, th- this horse, this race is 
you've got four horses here who probably won't stout with this Gold Cup horse in, in uh, Battle Over Doyen, then by Alan Samcrow and Sizen Potsy against a sure. couple of out and out two miters. So, like, while I get the case with Envoy Allen, I think sometimes when a horse is dropping back from looking at three miles and two and a half miles to, two, to back down to two miles, it takes maybe a race for him to realize what's going on um, to readjust to, to that just quicker pace. Um, and I think they won't see which way Nershamine has gone and will win easy. I think Paddy uh, might agree with you here. You're a big Nershamine fan, Paddy. Yeah, I love him, Dino. You know that. And, I mean, he's five and five over fences, and he's just a cracking horse. Stays a bit further than this. Uh, he's a good, strong traveller. He's good on his feet, and I mean, you look down to his form along the way. He's taken some real scalps. I mean, he was beaten on his debut uh, in a bumper, and since that, he's not tasted defeat. And mm. yeah, I just think very, very low miles for a seven-year-old, and. He just looks very good. There's no doubt. I can't be against him here. Look, you're not going to get rich backing him. But at times, he can be a little bit white knuckle watching him because obviously he's such a strong traveler. He can run in under the odd fence or two, but he's pretty good on his feet. He knows what he's doing. And yeah, I wouldn't be against him here. Yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, this is this is a moment for him to go and prove himself at the top of the tree um, and, and the ones in line to go and have a crack at Shishkin when that does come round. And we all can't wait. Uh, for that, Chacun Poursois retrieval mission again, if it does line up. And Envoy Allen uh, looking to find where it fits in in the whole thing. But fascinating contest. Um, the next one I'm going to come to is the Paddy Power Chase. I love this race over Christmas. Uh, Paddy Aspo, I'm going to give you the um, the first crack at this one. Conflated and the boss is Oscar. They're going to be pretty uh, tight to split, I think, for favoritism. But it's going to be six, seven to one max or minimum, I should say, the field uh, for the big handicap chase at Leopardstown, Paddy. Of course it is. I mean, but, you know, even though they are, right going to be right at the top of the market you're getting a bit of value at, at around oh, you are. eight to one which yeah. shows you how how competitive it is and i suppose the thing you could say about conflated obviously he's got a fair old lump of weight to carry here so i'd be very surprised if they didn't put shane fitzgerald back on him to fetch some of that off mm. because he jumping wise look he wasn't foot perfect at navani even under shane the last day but it's the best i've seen him jump for a while uh he's very talented this horse but unfortunately the old obstacles do get in the way at times but he's got some lovely form in the book for sure and i mean with a fair bit of weight on his back at nav on the last day and in a competitive race you know they make plenty of use of this horse and i thought he actually seen the race out very very well five lengths the way he does run his races and he wasn't exactly foot perfect the last day i thought it was a very very tidy effort of 140 he deserves his place up at the top of the market but you know, another, although he has jumped around some big tracks, obviously another stiff test is awaiting him here at Leperstown. So there's very, very little room for error, especially now his mark has risen again. But yeah, 12 stone four is a whopping weight to carry around there, isn't it? It, it is. is. Yeah. And I mean, he cannot afford to be casual in the jumping department, lumping that sort of weight away around with, you know, so, so many more experienced and probably better handicapped horses against them. But nonetheless, at least he arrives here in pretty good nick. 
Yeah, he does. Um, okay. There was a couple of horses in here that I thought were handicapped to win. Um, and I'm not going to include Noble Yates in that. We know that horse is probably handicapped to win, should it line up for the Mullins team and, uh, and Mr. Ben. But the boss is Oscar and Longhouse Poet piqued my interest from a handicapping sense. Um, and I probably just side with Longhouse Poet as a as a chaser to follow for Martin Brazzo and Dara O'Keefe already dropped up. Uh, that's double figures. Mr. Weldon, it's over to you. Yeah, um, it's a very good race. Hard to really make a, a, a big assertion on it now. Uh, not knowing what the ground's going to do, hopefully for a bit of rain. Um, Leperstown really needs it. It's yielding, good to yielding on the chase course at the moment. Um, like the one I was looking at in this race is Lord Royal. I just... I probably have him overestimated in my head because I was so impressed with him um, a couple of times last year. Um, he has to have a race of this nature. He's 144. I think he's probably ten, six pounds in hand on that. Um, he's, I think he's a 150 horse. It's better he just puts it all together on the day. Um, his jumping is good in the main. He's a bit lazy sometimes. Um, but I think he can put it all together. He's about 16 to 1 shot, I think. Um, I think that's a bit mm -hmm. too big. And then just two from down the bottom. I like the way you're thinking from Gavin Cromwell. He's been um, scooting through a little low-grade handicaps and sneaks in at the bottom of this. Um, was a fancy a couple of years ago for the Martin Pipe, I think, at, at Cheltenham. Um, and then footy charge for Henry de Bromhead, who ran with it many times in this last year, went on to win the international. So just keep an eye on his runners with a future aim for that. Um, but um, Sorry, uh, footy charge won his last two. Again, just sneaking in the bottom of the weights could be interesting at a big price. Okay, thank you. Uh, Demo, have you picked the bones out of this? I always like it as a, as a precursor to the Nationals at some point as well, including the Irish National. Yeah, Dean, and there's loads of races, or sorry, there's loads of horses who could run really well here and you end up backing them then in the, you know, the one of the Dublin mm -hmm. Racing Festival. This, this is a real kind of eye-opener for the rest of the season. Um, the boss's Oscar maybe doesn't have the big field experience over fences, but he's plenty of it over hurdles. Um, he'd be my first starting point anyway, Dean. He's he's definitely handicapped uh, yeah. to win this race, as you say. Uh, Gordon Elliott usually keeps one in here off big odds, big weights to keep everything else down. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the boss's Oscar go off shorter than eight to one on the day and completed yep. maybe to hang around where he is. Um, and then the other one, um, in races like this, I like to have one up towards the top of the market that I fancy, and that's definitely him. And the other one then, I like to have a mad one who could bounce back, and that that's Birchdale for me. Um, if he gets in here, he's, he's an awful lot to happen for him. For, for Sorry, he's an awful lot of horses to come out for that to happen. Um, mm. But if he was to get in here off a mark of 129, he just has to be a lot better than that mark over fences of a mark of 144 at, um, at Cheltenham. Just this year, he was good enough to be six behind Heaven Help Us um, of... Uh, of 12 to 1 and now we're saying that he's running in this race off 129 for Enda Bulger and uh, J.P. McManus is moving over from from Nicky Henderson um, Enda Bulger is very good at reigniting horses like this wouldn't be surprised if this goes wrong to see him jumping banks anytime soon but but he must be showing enough at home that that for the fact that that hasn't happened yet and um, so Birchdale here he's only seven years old as well so of 129 and a 33 to 1 Dean I think uh, he's definitely worth a bet here um, of such a lowly rating. Yeah, if he squeezes in, all right, for Ender Bolger. Yeah, the Bosses Oscar and Longhouse Poet are the two on my list for this. Um, Bosses, as you say, is a handicap to win a, a race exactly like this. does look a little bit like this was the plan. And uh, Longhouse Poet, who would be my long-range fancy for the Irish Grand National, if that's where they end up. And for that, probably want to be finishing the first five here, I think. 
uh, to go well. Okay, why don't we move on then from there? That's the Paddy Power Chase done. Uh, the Welsh Grand National, one of our favourite races, Demo, on the race hour. We normally have earmarked several horses for this during the course of the previous 12 months. I'm not sure any of them are running. <laughs> no, uh, I do have one of my most confident selections over Christmas in it, which, which is rare enough for me. Um, hold that thought for Venetia Williams was really impressive last time. Like, brilliantly mm-hmm. impressive. Um We'll get in here off a really low mark because of the fact that Native River will run, so Native River will push everything else basically out of the handicap. Um, like you see there that Potter's Corner, if he runs, will be running off nine stone six. Uh, so kind of everything else gets in real low. But all that thought was absolutely really powerful last time, really good at um, at Carlisle over three miles two. Beat beat Christmas in April, but that's a real tough staying horse of the uh, Tizards and put him away really nicely. Still is only up to a mark of 135. There is loads more left in this horse. Of course, Secret Reprieve's a favourite. He's going to be hard to beat. He's not up all that much when you consider uh, how this race is framed now. So, Secret yep. Reprieve, he's definitely very interesting altogether. But, hold that thought for me. Just, Venetia Williams' horses, A, are going unbelievable this season, um, as they always do, but just particularly. And this horse, to me, looked like that brilliantly big chaser who was just going to improve with time. As a five-year-old last season, produced some huge runs, including behind the likes of uh, the machine who who the Lees think so highly about, Dean. Um, mm-hmm. So that comeback performance was really good. Should, should put him bang on for this. He'll still be nice and fresh, which he seems to be best. Uh, coming back here again, and uh, at a price of 8-1, to one, Dean, I just think... If he gets the look, he's an absolutely brilliant bet. Venetia Williams and hold that thought then for Demo. Paddy, you're normally the man to try and sort out these big staying chases. What do you fancy in the Welsh National? I was impressed with a few of them uh, the last day. The likes of Highland Hunter who went and got it done against Daisha Arbor, who we oppose here. Um, three under through five has an entry here, but we've already talked about that potentially going elsewhere. Um, what do you make of the contest this year? Well, Joe Tizard said that they'd confirmed Native River for the race, so that is going to keep a good few of these horses out of the handicap, but it's going to keep some of them on a lovely weight as well, which yep. makes it yep. tough for him because, you know, he's going to try and give £10 plus to the whole field here, but, um, you know, he is a horse you can never, ever rule out. And, but there was a couple in here, Dino, for me. Obviously, because Secret Reprieve, he's not, he's not actually ran since winning the race last year. So he's still up yeah. one, 140. He's bang on 10 stone here. Um, now, I listened to Evan Williams yesterday, and he didn't seem that upset that he couldn't actually get a race into him. I mean, look, he's, a, he's a very charismatic fella, and he doesn't get too fussed about much, to be honest, Evan Williams. But he didn't, he wasn't jumping up and down at the fact that they've not been able to get a prep into this horse and I mean look he's very very likeable it, it's it been a long time since any horse went back to back in a Welsh national but you certainly couldn't root it out he's only a seven year old this boy and got 10 stone and I don't think we're going to get the usual we're, we're generally we're crossing everything to have the meeting on let alone have some half decent ground <laughs> and another horse that I mentioned on the last pod I was on lads was the horse of Lucinda Russell's, um, but they took him out that day at Mighty Thunder. Mighty, we're Mighty about Thunder, here, yeah. yeah. He was going to run yeah. in the beacher, and they took him out literally at the eleventh hour, um, because mm. the the rain just didn't, or or the, or the rain, sorry, did arrive on the day. Uh, but I think he's another one, eight year old, still pretty low mileage, and he's going to have a lovely race and weight, ten stone ten. But 
yeah, very, very competitive stuff, as it always is. But that, that, that was certainly a couple in there. Obviously, last year's winner, but probably pre- preference for, for Mighty Thunder. Yeah, preference then for Mighty Thunder from Paddy. Of course, that represents that bit of form from the Toxita National when um, they were racing uh, with Time to Get Up, who's back in here. Even though they could offer no um, explanation for Time to Get Up's run uh, the last day, uh, you'll have to think there's a bit more to He's come. He's taken out, off a mark of one for four. Not going to go. Oh, taken out sure. oh, okay. my fancies, Alfred. Ah, okay, okay. I thought that that one could um, could outrun um, what looked a big enough price, but it definitely won't now. Uh, the other one that interested me, David, I'm coming to you next, was Elegant Escape. With them leaving in Native River, I thought the nine-year-old could uh, could certainly run a race um, back here at Chepstow, albeit that um, you know, you'd know you need a little bit of a rejuvenation of a tizard horse, but that's been happening a bit this season. Yeah, they're certainly present for it there um, this season anyway with the likes of Lost and Translation and stuff like that. So it's not uh, too far-fetched, especially that he was rated 160 a couple of years ago, you know, like now down to 140. So it's definitely scoping the handicap if you can put it all together on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the time to get up as well, Dean. I thought this was the race for him. So I'm kind of uh, on, the, on the fly here trying to find something else in the race. Scratching yeah. around, yeah. I, I, I like Eclair Surf um, for Emma Lavelle. He's impressed me this season for Emma Lavelle. Yeah. It looks like there's there's a bit more to come. Do you know what? The last day, I thought, ran a little bit better than, uh, well, definitely better than the 35 length defeat. A big time, yeah. And I, I just think he maybe probably lacks a bit of uh, testicular fortitude when it gets down dirty. Um, so if he's jumping improves and he can stay up at the pace and like he's racing off nine eight here like with, with native river and race like there's jockeys gonna need be a few to let him in starving yeah. themselves for the week before christmas like uh trying mm-hmm. to get down to them weights um it's probably something they need to look at really with such a in such a big race to have s- such low weights in it um cap it maybe a little bit differently but he he's about 25 to 1 i thought he was probably a fair each way chance and i think pure fatty's horse he's seven to one now it's a bit short they probably want a bit more rain for the big dog but um, he has some good staying form um, and would have a chance at around 7-1 to one as well. Yep, yep. Um, I'd echo your thoughts about Eclair Surf. If it gets in and runs for Emma Lavelle, I think that'll go better than the price. And Elegant Escape would be my shout here. Now, Dermo was pretty confident about his selection that was hold that thought uh, for, for Nisha. And uh, well, we'll see how they all go in the Welsh National. Uh, the next race that we were going to get to was the Savills. Um, this one's on the 28th, of course. The Savile Steeplechase at Leopardstown. Um, Aplutard runs, Aplutard wins, Paddy Aspel. Yeah, obviously he's very short, isn't he? Um, Aplutard, but I mean, off the back of... It's very, very difficult. No matter how many times you watch the Haydock race, it's hard to get your head round what actually happened to all of them. Did, did they all underperform? Or has this fella just chucked in an absolutely massive one? I've still not mm. made my mind up, but nonetheless, you know, it was like a race course gallop, wasn't it? The way he travelled and jumped. And, you know, he, he, I think you could always have your doubt that for horses that generally contest that race, they didn't have their attritional ground conditions on the day. So maybe that was a big difference, but that wasn't his fault, Abdutard. Obviously, he's got a whopping rating of 174, which, you know, I mean, it's not the, the, the or it will be the highest in the race because Manila Edna won't go. Well, yep. difficult to be against him. It's very hard just to pick holes in him. But then again, if you are following him in, you're not going to get rich back in him, are you? No, um, I think everyone's just hoping that uh, all comes through and all is well. I did think there was might be a bit of each way value in here if Delta Wet turned up, Demo. Uh, yeah, Dean, that, that, 
that is possible. It's just um, I don't know. It's uh, hard to know where where he is now. He he's such a good horse. That was a real nice performance last time. And it's mad that he's only eight, isn't it? Because it's uh, you know you think he's a lot older than that. So there definitely he, is. They just get written off because it doesn't look like they're going to win the gold cup. So it's like that one's done. That um, that is a hundred percent. Not what happened. done, is he? No, no, There's no. More and yeah. and that run before Frodon. You see, but I I said it before. I just think that race at Down Royal isn't particularly strong, to be honest. Um, uh-huh. So, um, I, I I like like I think Indo has his excuses from it because he he was as big as a house. But I'm not sure. Like Delta Work generally needs that run as well. So look, he could he could bound on from it, but it just isn't the race for me. The two that I'm very interested in each way is. Uh, Janadil going up to a trip like this really interests me. I thought he was he was he was very strong behind Alaho the last time. Um, yep. he he really interests me. And then I just can't get away from my old friend uh, Melon here, Dean. Um, ah, like last year he should have won this race. Really, um, he was given a really gun to the head ride by Patrick Mullins, and that worked very well for him until down the back he really tried to kick again, and it just he went five lengths clear four out if you remember it. And um, I do. It was it it killed him, you know. As in, like he still only went down by two lengths in the end, but it just took the air out of his lungs. How he kept going that day. They then tried to drop him back down on trip. He didn't run well at um, at Leperson at all for the Dublin Racing Festival, and I think maybe for the rest of the season that race had just left a mark in him. You know, I I, I do think Patrick asked an awful lot of him. He showed how much of a real kind of legend he is that he he stayed on. He looks now like an out and out stare. Um, and at 16 to 1 or so here, I just think considering the performance he actually put in last year, um, maybe get a similar ride, but not as hard. And I think he he could really push them very close here. Um, a plus star was brilliant last time. I do, I'm of the opinion that um, A, the likes of Royal Pagay and these horses are good, but they're not that good. Um, and that he just he buried them. I think that there's much better horses here. Galvin, he's very interesting. I, I just can't get away from the assertion that he's not good enough. Um and I think Mellon and Janadil um, are the two each-way bullets, but Mellon definitely more so. I think he should have won last year. He's only nine. This will be his big day, and I think that uh, he could really push them, Dean, and uh, if he gets away at all, he, he mightn't be caught this year. Yep, it's all possible. It's all possible. I'm looking for a bit of each-way value just because I think Aplutad, um is is going to win if it runs its race. Dave, would you would just look for anything, or would you just, you know, Aplutad's not that short? No, he's not that short. He's a nice one for the multiples over Christmas, buying a couple of epitans and stuff like that. Get yourself a nice accumulator going. Um, like, listen, people are crabbing him for Haydock for beating Roy Pagal. He beat Roy Pagal 44 lengths at, um, at Cheltenham, and he only beat him 22 lengths at Haydock. So he still so ran he's, below he's himself. Gone backwards. So, no, we, we, we said on that podcast, remember, me and Darren said, he, yeah, run, he runs out a stone below himself. He probably ran a stone below himself at Haydock, but he just smashed him out of the way. So yep. he's going to improve from that run again and run here. Um, he, I think he's head and shoulders above these. Um, so my only question is, Willie's going to run probably three or four here. Does he try and spoil it by going no pace or going a stop start pace and trying? Because a Plutard is so quick over the last two furlongs. Um, he's got that two-mile pace that we saw with Sizing John in the past and stuff like that um, that gets him out of trouble. If they kind of turn it into a stop-start pace where to just get him out of his comfort zone, it really needs to be a spoiling mission to stop Henry Bromhart's horse here. I think he's head and shoulders above these. Um, it's going to be a small enough field going by the double entries. Um, four to five is um, money for jam, as I say. Yeah, it could be. could be indeed. Um, I'll probably be going down to work without um, at Plutard, but um, yeah, that's the Savills, and uh, we'll see what exactly does line up. But it does look like it's going to be pretty strong 
um, uh, renewal once again over three miles at Leopardstown. Uh, Dave, I might stick with you because we, we were talking about the, the stayers and we're going to see some of the Irish ones in action in the Leopardstown Christmas hurdle on the 28th. Flooring Porter uh, around two to one, five to two classical dream. Should that show up? Uh, side of Burley, then four to one, six to one. The pump, if he's going to run again, I call him the pump, but run a pump. And uh, and we know Derma loves Abracadabra, so we'll let him uh, opine on that. But what do you make of the stayers for the Christmas hurdle? Yeah, like Abracadabra is, is fascinating. Step up to three miles, see how he gets on. Um, I think Flooring Porter was likely to win the last day when he came down um, this track's really going to suit him because they go right up against the rail the whole way around and that stops him kind of going out to the left as he's jumping um, so I, I think he's going to be very hard to beat because he's going to set off at his night pace we, we know from previous um, this race last year and Shelton that he doesn't come back he can go that relentless gallop the whole way around and um, one I was interested in now she's entered in the mares race as well on, on Wednesday is uh, Royal Kahala um, for Peter Fahey I thought that was very eye-catching run the last day at uh, Town, I think it was a fairy house, can't remember now. Um, she kind of was held up out the back, which wouldn't be like her, and she stayed on really well to the end. I think three miles might be interesting with her getting the mayor's announce and say she's a big old price as well. Okay, Royal Kahala, Peter Fahey's uh, horse, uh, Ragods, Rag Ragods, uh, to get involved with the best of the Irish stairs. Paddy, make sense to them, please. Yeah, no, I think I think Dave's on to something there with Royal Kahala because that was a real messy race. She just missed a hurdle quite badly and lost her pitch completely. And I think Kevin Sexton, he's ended up having to force her a little bit and, you know, and in the end wasn't beaten very far at all. So that was certainly a very good run. But you know that I do like the, the Sarda Burley. I mean, I know he finished behind Durasso in the Liz Mullen at Navin, but I thought the Rasso actually ran okay behind Honeysuckle. I mean, he was all he was, it appeared to me he was ridden to pick up a bit of money and run as well as possible. And I thought he actually ran okay. Now, I know he's rising 10, Sarah Burley, but I think on his day, he's a very, very capable horse. And I mean, he's got a, a very lofty rating of 160 and deservedly so, because I think on the big days, when they've wanted him at Cheltenham, he's turned up the oh, first. He's delivered, yeah. Do you know, yep. he's he's very, very likable. I know he's he's going to be vulnerable to some some younger legs here. There's plenty of five and six-year-olds, but I think, you know, he, he's he's one for the trenches, Sarah de Burley, and it'd be interesting to see how he how he shapes. Yeah, going to be about four to one, nine to two, maybe even a bit bigger, because going to be lots of support for other horses in here, Dermo, depending on what turns up. Uh, tell us why Abracadabras is going to win the Christmas hurdle. Yeah, I think that the... As I said about Time Hill, Dean, there's uh, certain races, certain environments, certain uh, paces that uh, suit certain races. And uh, the likes of uh, Florian Porter going a million is going to suit Abercadabras down to the absolute ground, as we saw at Aintree. And uh, now the loose horse did him uh, untold favours that day. But when he is something like that, and the likes of Buzz um, has, has more than Frank, but he actually did that day as well. Um, so kind of going up and trip like that uh, will suit him. Florian Porter will go a million and he'll, he'll go behind him. And I think it'll... Uh, It'll, re it'll really suit him. I've been saying this for quite a while, and I think um, him over three miles now, it's just great to, to finally find it out. Yeah, stalk, 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 then attack. No? Yes. That's what will happen. Um, yeah, I love it when you can see a race in your mind before it happens, and then you know, you're focusing on your uh, on your game plan coming together. I think that could happen for you as well. I do think this is a, it's a wide-open contest, as you know, we've been talking about it there, everyone fancying something slightly different. Um, I'd be with you, Tom. I hope Abracadabras does does come through. I think it's fascinating. They might run Ronald Pump again after he's been there going to the well. I thought that was a really tough race. He tried to run um, against Champ over in the UK, and that will really give a line, although be it, 
uh, a 10 days since that to run again here would be a big, big ask. Um, Dermo, why don't you talk to me about the final race we're going to talk about over the Christmas, which is the Matheson Hurdle, the 220 at Leopardstown on the 29th. Uh, Sharjah penalty kick. Sharjah should be winning, yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, Echoes and Rain was about, or sorry, a week ago or so, she was about 14 to 1 or so, which was an interesting price just because, you know, she she didn't get any sort of a run the last day in that race. Really definitely would not have suited her. Um, but it's still very hard to see that that kind of happening. Um, Sharjah is the best of these. He, he'll more than likely get his ground in because we haven't seen all that much rain around the kind of Wicklow, Kildare, Dublin area. Um, so Sharjah will kind of get his ground as well. He should be very hard to stop. Um I think going up and trip with Sal there the last time maybe kind of didn't didn't suit him. He, he's he's like being up near it of late, but he's more than likely out of his uh, out of his ability range anyway. Uh, Zani here adds something very interesting. Um, yeah. But I think Zani here could. I think Zani here again. Like remember the year our Connor was kind of chasing down Hurricane Fly that season, and then obviously we end up losing him. Unfortunately, I think a horse like him learns a lot from taking on a horse like Sharjah. Um, so I think Zani here could improve past him by the end of the season, but for now. Uh, it's hard to see, hard to see Sharjah beating him. Yeah, it looks like we're going to get Sharjah against Sana here against Echoes in Rain, and then it's really up to Willie Mullins what else he might turn up with. Um, Sam Bra, I thought was interesting in there only because I was convinced last year that I was going to win the Champion Hurdle, and I was completely wrong. So maybe you can prove me right this year round. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wade in behind it. But I do think it's a fascinating runner in here. Paddy, a penalty kick for um, for Sharjah? Probably. I mean, you know. They got a bit closer the last time, didn't they? But there was only three runners in that race. It's hard to know what to make of the form, to be honest. And, you know, Calixius was only three lengths, or Zana here, sorry, was only three lengths behind him um, that day. But I don't know if you could take that race or form at at face value. But difficult to be against Sharjah. He's an absolute credit to connections, isn't he? But another one here, he's going to be pretty skimpy. Yeah, going to be pretty skimpy. And Dave, we're adding this one to the Christmas accumulators then. You can do. He won't let you down, I don't think. Um, he's, he's so good. Um, he was brilliant the last day. He should win um, this race. He's great. This time of year seems to be his time of year as well. He seems to always win this race um, without a superstar in it. I think T. Hoopoo uh, for Gordon Elliott, we'd want to chase him home. That was a serious, impressive performance in the fishery lane the last time um, and deserves a crack at these and, and could improve past them um, in time. You don't know. Um, so Sharjah with Tihupu to complete the forecast. Okay, okay, Tihupu to run in uh, behind, but Sharjah completes your Christmas multiples uh, for this uh, festive season. Now, it's at that time, uh, you're allowed to give me anything else across the cards, although we did cover quite a few of the extra races uh, during the ramble there, and uh, I do need naps from you as well. Dermo, you are nearly always the most prepared on this podcast, so um, I will happily let you go first. Uh, if you want to give me anything else and uh, and your nap, please. For yeah, Christmas. so I won for the anything else column, and that is the 220 at Leopardstown on the 27th. Um, Eclair de Buffon is a horse that obviously we've uh, we've profited from and we've been frustrated with before, um, but this horse was good enough last season to finish fourth in the county hurdle behind Belfast Banter off a mark of 139. He's down to 135 now. Gigginstown sold him, but Gordon Elliott has retained him, um, which is always a very good sign. You know, he's, he's done well with horses like that in the past, and if Gordon's hanging on to him, he's only seven, and he's off here off a mark of 135 at Christmas time. Um, that just seems like a mark that is way too kind for a horse with his uh, undoubted ability and how well that he's ran in these big, big kind of fields before. You know, he, he was sixth of 22 at the... Uh, a Dublin Racing Festival here over this course and distance as well. So it's um, extremely interesting that they've hung on to 
eclair de buffo and then yeah. nap wise I, I i'm very hard to split aragon and and uh not the mouse doctor uh marvel fan in the 145 at leopardstown so i might have to leave them too because it's uh i'm going to be putting up on twitter a reverse forecast between aragon and uh, ting as well because I, I just think that they're they're both have been really really trained in um for this so with that in mind i don't know his price yet uh but he will be a decent price and i think the dempseys might have it off here with fighting 15 in the 255 at leopardstown on the on the 26th okay fighting fit then the nap from Lipstown the 26th for Dermot Nolan. Paddy Aspel, you're up. Well, when I was on the last pod, lads, I gave you that horse of Mulrines. What do you want? He was making his hurdling, right. his hurdling debut at Navin. Um, yep. I mean, obviously, look, there was a couple of divisions of, of that race that day, and he got the job done pretty nicely. Now, he's got a couple of entries over Christmas. He's in the future champions at Leopardstown on the 27th, but he's also got an entry over two and a half in the Lawlers, uh, hurdle at Nace on the 2nd of January now I mean it was two and a half stiff track at Navin the last day so my thinking would be maybe the the Leperstown race looks pretty warm as you'd expect they'd probably go for the Lawler so I'd probably put him in the notebook if he turns up there and but my other nap although it's on a very very low level was the horse of Adrian Keatley's I mentioned to you because he went yeah. straight in my tracker even after the first day I seen him run but certainly after that Leopardstown run. The fact that I know the handicapper hasn't missed him off 109, but he's only a four-year-old, and I think he could be nicely treated. So Kehavan in the 320 at Wetherby on the on Boxing Day. Lovely. Kehavan um, for Adrian Keatley. Dave, well, you're up. Yeah, it's just a few to mention. Um, maiden winners, I think that would happen. Sir Gerhard's entered on uh, 26th, Davis Day. Um, he should win. Adam be chosen, who was unlucky the last day. He's ended up in the maiden hurdle as well. Um, they're both probably prohibitive prices, but they both should be winning. Um, and the ones took out for with the festivals in mind. And then Dermot Weld has Falcon Eight entered in the in a maiden hurdle on the twenty. Um, on Tuesday, I think it is. Um, he usually Dermot Weld usually targets one at the, at the maiden hurdles. Um, so this looks like the one for that race. And then Tony Martin. One I'm interested in, one of the handicaps, explosive boy. And um, again, these are all double entered, so just check them in the decks. And I mentioned um, Bambridge. Barry Master finished set third behind Mr. Rogers of Punchstown uh, two runs ago, was then over overestimated in a three mile handicap at Navin last time out. That Commander Fleet won. Um, this is back at a lower level. It's a limited handicap. Um, Mr. Fred Rogers won since. He'll have a chance for Noel Mead. And just one other I wanted to mention in the big handicap on the 27th on Monday, the big handicap hurdle. Um, sea Ducker for Tony Martin. Not Tony Martin, for Arthur Moore. Um, finished mm-hmm. second in this race last year behind Master McShee. Um, he's very unexposed. Um, looks a bit of a plan that kind of kept him back for this. Um, Arthur Moore wouldn't train that many anymore, but he, he's great at targeting races. Um, and I think Seedorf will win that race. Um, hopefully, at a nice price. And okay. Nap would be nice and simple. Chantry House, get the Christmas period off to a good start in the King George. Yep. Okay. Chantry House in the King George. Uh, my nap of the uh, the festive racing is Windsor Avenue. 
uh, in that Roland Merrick handicap chase. 210 at Weatherby. I'm hoping for a bit of double figures, and I'm hoping that it improves uh, just by four and a bit lengths on last year's running in the race. And I think it will. Um, okay, I think we are done. So my thanks go to David Weldon, Paddy Aspel, Dermot, Nolan. You've been listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, now fans bet. Welcome to uh, the team. And uh, we will be back after Christmas. Everyone enjoy. Uh, eat too much, drink too much, and um, hopefully don't bet too much. But win. Best of luck. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews.